Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everyone, happy Pride, happy Juneteenth. I hope you're all doing so very well. I have good news for you. Production is winding back up, and we are producing new bonus episodes for our Patreon, which is good because we are rapidly catching up to releasing our older bonus episodes on this main feed. This month's episode postcard piece was done by Hatch, who I believe some of you are already well aware of. She has a style that lives in a place of Nickelodeon gore, liquid sharp lines and dynamic poses. Check our socials to see that piece, and check out Hatch on tumblr.com slash hatchetmode for more of their amazing art, hotel and otherwise. This month's episode is The Cinema. And you had better believe our lobby boy has a bad time at the box office. I am very, very excited to finally get to announce to everyone that this episode was written by the community's own Lily Manx Moss Bensinger, who not only did our postcard for The Raven, but infamously wrote, illustrated, and promoted the 370-page hotel fanfic novel Birdcage this past year. Lily is a very gifted writer, and after a few months of editorial interning, I was over the square-shaped moon to be able to offer her a position writing regularly for the show. Listen to her episode on Patreon right now. It's already up and ready and waiting for you. Not only are the bonus episodes back, but the new crew returns as well this month on Patreon with another episode written by Lily. The bellhop checks in Eric Broom. Welcome to the writer's room, Lily. And that is a full lid. We will be back next month with a new bonus episode and new crew on Patreon and a new old bonus episode on the main feed. A good friend of mine suggested I keep these announcements nice and tight. So let's leave it there and enjoy Graham's incredible performance in The Private Eye. And check out Ibis's incredible postcard for it on our Etsy store. scratching at my concentration. The dull, modern lobby lays oppressively flat all around me. There's no shape she could take that would catch my eye and satisfy me, of course. That sort of appreciation is beyond me. Perhaps... Perhaps no door could be so elegantly designed... So perfectly placed that it would look to us like anything other than locked. The guests don't seem to notice. The manager checks them in, answering their many empty questions easily. All answers come easy when they are a lie. And all lies are easy to hear when they've been crafted carefully to be so. The hotel itself... Herself is a lie. Crafted for them, not us. That's why we don't notice it. But we do. We can see all the evidence we've planted. 
The tinny noise scratches at me again. One of the guests is listening to something on her phone while she waits. She's not wearing headphones. Why would she? There's no one here to disturb. Just us. The voice on her phone is describing a series of murders, unsolved and brutal. Even an independent detective can't break through the system to track down the killers. The scratch finally breaks my concentration into an itch. The idea of trying to conceal a murder, to keep it clean and consider the next steps so you are not discovered, fascinates me. The voice on the phone is making it sound difficult and impressive. Are they so unsure of themselves in their killing? They seem so surprised when they die. It follows that they would handle taking life just as clumsily. Easy to say for the right hand of death itself, hidden away from consequence and pursuit from my perch within an untouchable tower. Still, if I were out there, without rather than within, I know I would find death as easily as she finds me here. I did promise her, after all. I knew men who thought little white lies were venial, harmless, just words on the air. I told them lies corrode and corrupt and eat away at the truth, removing it from yourself and replacing it with less and less until what you are doesn't matter because it all hangs together on your word alone. Words on the air. That got a big laugh. Probably where I got my reputation for being so funny. I left it and them and a whole lot more behind with my badge and my gun. She didn't care. As long as she was always where I hung my hat, she didn't care where I needed to take it during office hours. I don't have an office. I drive my hat to every dark corner and back alley in the city. That's where everyone keeps their secrets, and my job is to find those secrets and help keep them. That's where the hat comes in. I rub my face with my hand. I'm not thinking clearly. I try to tell myself it's the nicotine, and if I have a cigarette, I'll be able to focus. Nice try. It almost worked. I pull over under an oak tree and get out to clear my head the old-fashioned way. I turn my collar up against the rain, but the tree branches collect the drops into fat globs that drop heavily and immediately wilt my jacket and my hat. 
Beneath the mountain shelf of the winding road I'm on is the dark vista of the city. Her little lights burn bright enough that even at this hour, in the rain, I can draw my eyes over her like I'm reading a map. I don't, though. Not tonight. My eyes unfocus, and in my mind, one of the lights to the south shines brighter. Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Thanks for listening. Now back to the hotel. Five years ago, a man was murdered in a nursery, his body broken and stuffed into one of the trees. My first case, unsolved, and as cold as my bones. Nothing stolen, nothing to steal even. Too brutal and thought out to be some random act of violence. No repeat murders to indicate a serial killer. No clues at the scene. The only reason it even came across my desk is because I was looking for a young bristlecone pine. For her. Five-year anniversary gift. I thought I could crack any case faster than the indifferent and corrupt slackjaws that showed up to tape off the crime scene. A glob of ice-cold rainwater plats off the rim of my hat, snapping me back. Failure is supposedly the greatest teacher. Maybe a few more and I'll be smart enough to catch a killer who doesn't leave any clues. The light to the south is joined by three more, spread out, not quite evenly, in a northern arc right through her middle, each one a case I couldn't solve. A transient split open in an alley behind my regular bar three years ago. A young man covered in toxic waste in a beachfront sewage disposal pipe that halted our lazy Sunday lake trip last year. And just this month, a woman had her jaw ripped off her face. The killer stuck it in her hand and left her on her own balcony, a high-rise condo not far from our own neighborhood. I can't stop picturing myself coming back to a similar discovery at my own home. It's not a big city, but grisly murders in your own zip code. Mm. For a moment, the rain makes the lights dance laughingly, taunting me. My hand fiddles with the lighter in my pocket, and I shake my head. The lights are still, and the only laughter I have on my mind is hers. I think of her when I'm trying to solve these riddles, like fiddling with my lighter or 
doodling during a phone call. It gives me something to focus on while I think. For years I've been coming up here and thinking of her, studying the lights below me. She's out there too, of course, right in front of me, in the center of my view. No great, overtly silent white light for her, though. You can't see it from here. The smog and light pollution obscures our home. But right in the dark patch, right in the center... I throw my jacket and hat into the car, speeding off so violently my back end fishtails into the oak tree. I barely notice. My mind is slowly racing, piecing together something I already know. I think about the nursery, the beach, the alley, the balcony. Grisly, bloody murders. Not quite the worst I've seen, but damn near. No clues. No clues. I pound the steering wheel with my fist. I've solved every case but these, and there's always a clue. Always evidence. Always something. These cases do share one clue. Me. I tried to dismiss it with arrogance and failure, but this blind spot spans ten miles of the city. And cloaked in that blind spot, dead center, her. Hiding in the shadows in the corner of my eye, her laughter echoes against my skull, tinted now with a mania that I honestly can't tell if I'm imagining. I know what I have to do. I know what I should do. But all I can do is sit in my car, across the street from the home we shared, for ten years. I'm too old, and know too much, to feel shame at the coldness I feel, at the thought of spending my life without her. But I love her too much, to stop the tears from coming, when I think of her spending the rest of her life behind bars. Even now, I love her more than life itself. My life, though. What of the lives she took? The lives she will take? What is the price I ask the world to pay to keep my love with me? She is not the skeletons in her closet. She is the closet. The walls that keep me warm. The roof that keeps the rain away. She is me. My everything. If we could lock the door and stay inside forever. The lights are on. She's in there right now. But I can't live in a home stained with blood and horror. Even if I did promise her. The tinny voice advocates for a mattress with a money-back guarantee, breaking my concentration 
It shatters into splinters that scratch my itch until it's just a raw, red memory. The lobby boy escorts the guests upstairs, gawking at their cell phone like a rube. My eyes drift to the lobby door. Locked still, yes, a lie still, of course, but changed now. My eyes unfocus, and in my mind, it almost looks like the door is locking the rest of everything out. Distantly, far, far away, I can hear her laughing, tinted with something like madness bouncing off the inside of my skull. (laughs) The Hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten. Starring Kelly Ninaltowski as the manager. Mark Witten as the lobby boy. Graham Rowett as the owner. And Krista Lewis. Produced by Pacific Obadiah. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake. <laughs>